Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Hello and welcome to our new short format servings of consciously prepared brain food designed to improve your mental fitness. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. For more than 12 years, we've been proudly and consistently crafting Harvesting Happiness and sharing it with you. Each week, we spotlight diverse thinkers and doers who are contemporary trendsetters and change agents devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. We invite you to listen up and change the way you think about human happiness. Our award-winning content is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Alrighty then, let's dive in. This episode offers psychosocial education designed to inspire and motivate our listeners. The information provided does not constitute a therapeutic relationship nor a substitute for professional mental health care. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911, go to your nearest emergency room, or for listeners in the United States, text 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining me on today's show, where you will learn how to capitalize your value, know your worth, and flourish. My guest today is Nicole Walters, who is a former top-selling corporate executive who quit her six-figure sales job in front of 10,000 people. She took what she knew and built a million-dollar business in one short year. Now the host of a popular podcast, running a multi-million-dollar business and in-demand motivational speaker, Nicole is passionate about teaching everyday entrepreneurs how to own their powers and trust They already have everything they need to succeed. She is the author of Nothing Is Missing, a memoir of living boldly. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, I'm beyond excited. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Me too. Let's talk a little bit about the American dream, your family's American dream, and how this all began. Sure. So I'm so fortunate. I have a great experience as parents who came from Ghana, West Africa, and they moved to Washington, D.C., and they did everything the right way, got the job, put me into the best schools, you know, but we were living very humbly. You know, I slept on a couch until I was 12. And I recall driving around with my father in downtown D.C. and him pointing to buildings and saying, America is the one place you can clean a building, but you can also have your name on one, you know, and... (laughs) It's so funny, but it's the truth, you know, and it's amazing because that value system being instilled in me led to me, you know, trying to always chase what I thought happiness would look like, which is the house, the car, the kids, the stability that I thought I didn't have growing up. And well, as you'll learn in this book, after I got all those things, I realized that it's not about any of those things at all. Well, you have an interesting story in that mm-hmm. what I think you got from your parents is this love or lust for life and yes. curiosity. I mean, just your father's mm-hmm. statement alone mm-hmm. tells me he's a pretty neat guy. Oh, yes. I mean, he was definitely one who said, we are in a land of possibility. And, you know, growing up, of course, when you grow up in a home without much, you know, below the poverty line, you know, you think that, okay, well, that means I need regular meals and I need shelter over my head and I need to have those financial things. And 
That's true. We all need that. But when I got older, I learned that what my dad was really calling out was choice. I need to be chasing choices. I need to be chasing options. And working hard and having money afforded me more choices. And now that I know that, happiness looks totally different and I'm living a more abundant life than ever before. Let's talk a little bit about that aha moment when Mm -hmm. in front of 10,000 people, you said, I'm out. Yes, yes. So sounds crazy. And it, it maybe it is a little bit, you know, but what happened was I'd been building a corporate, you know, business for years. I was working in corporate. I was the youngest sales executive within a Fortune 500 firm. And I was doing really well scaling that business from 2 million to 200 million. But I also knew that I was lending my gifts in a place where maybe that wasn't serving in the most meaningful way. So I quit my job and promoted myself to work for myself. <laughs> this is this is great. You promoted yourself. You became the CEO of yourself. Of me. Of, of me. <laughs> That's yes, right. Deservedly so. And I think this is something that we often forget about as mm-hmm. people. Like we mm-hmm. are actually the CEO of our own lives. That's right. I need to be the boss of me. And that looked like saying, what is the most amount of money I can make to support my family and realize our dreams? And how can I get more of my time back to be with these three incredible girls that I just adopted that I know need more of me than ever before? And quitting was the answer. Let's talk a little bit about that big family of yours, because Mm -hmm. I think this is another fascinating component to your story. Yeah, so I talk about this in my book that one of the pivotal moments came not just when I quit my job, but also when I adopted these three girls from the side of a Baltimore City street. They were ages 3, 11, and 14 at the time. And within 30 days, I found out that their mother was going to be incarcerated. And instead of the state taking them, I took them. And I was just 28 at the time, but it was the greatest decision I ever made because 10 years later, I went from mentor to mom. Unbelievable. And, you know, when you talk about setting a role model for our children, like you are emblematic of what it takes to be that CEO of one's own life and really to be the model of, of what it means to create the life that you wish to live. You know, you didn't wait for it to happen. You went out and you grabbed it. Yes, you're so kind. And and that is so true. I think a lot of moms can relate to this, particularly if you become a mom to older kids through adoption or you are a mom to older kids. You start realizing that the decisions you're making today really will shape how they see and think of themselves and how they define happiness for themselves later. And I'm blessed because I had older children. I'm in my formative years, so I was making those decisions a lot earlier, I think, than most people yes. do. And that's really been powerful. There was no no way I was going to continue chasing a job that didn't make me happy when I knew my girls were going to have to make those decisions very soon for themselves. And I wanted them to make the right one. So I was living it today. And it also sounds like that you recognize that the preciousness of time was Mm -hmm. a, a very valuable commodity and you can never replace those formative years that your girls really needed you to be present. Absolutely. And honestly, there was even more pressure around that because 
they were adoptive children. Yeah. So they came to me with a bucket of things that needed to be addressed. My three-year-old had never done any type of formal schooling education and needed to be taught how to even recognize what an orange was. And my 11-year-old needed attention because she was entering those formative prepubescent years where she wanted to know about her body, you know, and my 14-year-old was in her, you know, terror teenage years where I'm battling against boys. We're trying to get her ready for high school, you know, so it really was a situation situation where I had three girls that needed so much of me and I had to be able to be flexible with my time because family came first. When you talk about life, you talk about it as the crossroads of meeting and solving problems. Say a little Mm -hmm. bit more about that. Absolutely. So it's funny because that is a quote straight from the therapist, you know, where, (laughs) you know, and you can hear it. It's it's all up in there, you know, and the truth is, yes, you know, I think that so often we get caught up in this language on the internet and in the world of chase your purpose and find your purpose as if our goals and our happiness are a destination to which we arrive. But then what are we doing all along the way? And the truth is what we're doing is our purpose all along the way. It's meeting and solving problems. Whether that problem in the moment is what the heck are the kids going to eat for dinner? Or that problem is something like, how am I going to pay these bills and save? You can meet and solve these problems and they stack up to a big purpose in the world. And so that was transformative for me when I realized purpose isn't a destination. It's where I am right now. Yes. And I like what you talk about happiness as well, because it, mm-hmm. the happiness is the byproduct of the journey, right? That's it's right. already there in my view. Like I've got a few years on you. And one of the things <laughs> I've learned is that it's already exists. It's like, where, where do good. we uncover it? Right. It, it lies mm-hmm. in the nooks and crannies of everyday life. It doesn't necessarily invite you Yes. Be happy. It's just there. Absolutely. That's so good. And that is something that I know you say you have a few years on me, but one thing I had to learn, you're right. You know, you came to that knowledge, I'm sure, through years of of learning, you know, and I'm grateful that you're sharing it because it's such a confirmation for me because it's something I'm discovering now. After building a business and acquiring everything known to man, you know, from jets to private villas, I went through divorce just three years ago because unlike some people who may be fighting over not having enough, we had everything and we still weren't happy. And it was then that I realized where am I really looking and what comes next? Because that doesn't make any sense, you know, and I started realizing I needed to find the happiness in every moment that nothing was actually missing all along the way, because happiness, like you said, is present all along the way. It was just whether or not we were choosing to look, live, embrace and experience it. And this brings us to the title of your book, Nothing is Missing, yes. A Memoir of Living Boldly. We will need to take a break. And when we come back, I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the book. To learn more about my guest, Nicole Walters, please go to her website, NicoleWalters.com, on Twitter at Nicole Walters, on Facebook, love this, monetize thyself, and on Instagram at Nicole Walters. And I also want to give a plug to Nicole's podcast because she's spreading the good word over on her program as well. Let's take that pause. We'll be right back. Each day we have the intellectual freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable, regardless of external circumstance. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, urge them to seek professional support because good psychological health is vital in achieving a satisfying life. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for psychosocial educational resources to boost emotional and social intelligence. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness, sharing is caring. 
Pay it forward by spreading the word to your tribe through social media. Find us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook and me at Lisa Kamen on Twitter. And we're back with my guest today, Nicole Walters. We're talking about capitalizing your value, know your worth and flourish. Let's rejoin the conversation. All right, Nicole, let's jump into the book a little bit and talk about something that you say in there about showing up as if the room is a stadium. Yes. So one thing that I've learned and gosh, I hate to give a little knock to our younger ones, but, you know, I have a lot of clients that are Gen Z and Gen Alpha influencers because they're finally getting to that age where the bills aren't getting paid by mom. They're getting paid by themselves, you know, and they're always coming in for consulting and all of them are wondering, why am I not more famous and why don't I have more followers? And the answer comes down to work. You got to have work ethic, you know, and I come from the generation of, you know, you are going to need to show up on time and you will have to put in a little work and don't be the first out the door and don't be, you know, the one that didn't help clean up and extend yourself. And I find myself talking about that, making a real platform. And that's what it is when I talk about show up as if the room is a stadium. Even if you are booking a little teeny tiny gig and you don't feel like there are enough people in the audience or they're not fancy enough, that shouldn't affect your performance. That shouldn't affect your delivery. You have to show up and give everyone your best. So I don't care if you're on a podcast that's only listened to by one person or a podcast that's listened to by a million people. You should be prepared. You should care. You should serve because that's truly how you're going to succeed. I love this. And when we talk about service as a means to happiness, the other part of it is like when we decide to really show up Mm -hmm. and that showing up might be like, after hours or on a Sunday. Absolutely. And I think that that is something that people don't necessarily recognize that like that, that muscle, that yes. work muscle yes. doesn't really have a schedule. It doesn't, not at all. We wish it did because I'd yes. love to clock out once in a while, you know, Me but, too. but you know, <laughs> right. But that's just not the reality. And honestly, if you're serving, What's great is I I work harder now than I ever did in corporate, but it doesn't feel the same way because there's a peace, a joy, a meaningfulness, and an impact that goes along with that work. So I may not want to work on a Saturday, but gosh, when I am working, I know I'm doing the right thing and it it matters. And you own it. And I own it. Right. Because you're the CEO of your life, your situation, your company. That's you're, right. you're working in service to to your mission, to your purpose. Absolutely. Before, when I was working in corporate, I was helping build something that really wasn't driven or a mission that was created by me. I still loved my work, but now I get to take everything I've learned about, you know, organizing your business and building out great products and marketing them appropriately and give them to people who are advancing their own missions and building out their own business and then using that money to pay school fees and build charities and, you know, do this incredible work. And that is really legacy leaving. And that feels so good. And I can show up all day for that. And how we teach our kids. I mean, oh. I go I go back to your girls. Yes. And future Bambinos in your family, maybe. Yes, Gondoling, yes, yes, I received that. <laughs> you know, that like that the, the, you're, you're modeling, you know, the, the, the type of person that the world needs. You know, oh, I thank you so much. I mean, being fully transparent, you know, I, I've said this recently that, you know, I'm not challenging God to do this, but, you know, if I were to leave the world today, having already written this book, I'm so thankful because I have something I can put into my daughter's hands and say, look, this is what I did. Here are the places I had to make major pivots in my life. And mom made it. She was still here. I didn't get anywhere without making these big 
pivots honestly to pursue happiness in truth. And every single time money still found me, you know, because I was doing the right thing honestly. And this is what I want you to do. Know that nothing is missing with you, no matter what society tries to tell you. And know that if you keep showing up every single day to serve, you will always have everything you need. You know, uh, I'm going to give you another amen. And this is not a religious show, but it's like, <laughs> that it's, I know, but it's true. It's like, come on, priest sister. You know, you're kind of like speaking the gospel reality check here. Yeah, it's like life. Live life. When yeah. we undergo adversity, right? There are two, mm -hmm. two roads we can take, you know, That's one is right. like curl up in a corner and stew in the pity party and cry about it That's and cry right. about it. Mm -hmm. Poor me. What was yeah. me? Why did this mm -hmm. happen? Or you get busy and you pull up your panties and you go out in the world and you forge ahead. And yeah, well, and for me, it's first, I'm going to cry about it. Then I'm going to do something. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. You know, I might yeah. take a minute and say, man, this sucks and I really, really hate it. But then I'm like, all right, but no one's coming to save me. Pick up your big girl panties and get out yes. there and do some work. Yes. You know, do some work. And I think that's what it comes down to is mm -hmm. is the doing of the work. And I think that in your book, Nothing is Missing, mm -hmm. you talk about this process of, of doing the work, yes. we are whole, that we're perfectly imperfect just That's as we right. are and right. go get it. And you know this, Lisa, I mean, this world is constantly trying to sell us solutions on yes. where we lack. You know, they're always saying, if you're too skinny, you need to gain weight. If you're too big, you need to lose weight. You need clearer skin. You need thicker hair. You need more money. You need, you know, it's always that we're lacking this car, something. that handbag. That car, this house, that boyfriend, you need to be single longer. I mean, it's always something that we lack. And when you can finally embrace that you lack nothing, you finally take ownership over the life that you want to live. And that really is transformative. If there was one thing I could give to a young woman who's trying to shape a future that they're proud of, it's recognizing as soon as possible that they aren't lacking anything and the world is their oyster to build and create the way they desire. But the, we are enough as we are. As we, are. Mm -hmm. we wake up worthy. Yeah. And this is huge. That sense of worthiness that it's okay. I can, I can have those things that I want because I am a good person and I am worthy. Absolutely. And that there isn't anything that happens between when you wake up and when you go to bed that changes your worth. You can't validate and gain more worth by doing good work and you don't lose worth by not doing good work. You are worthy simply by your existence because our, us being on this world is a miracle in and of itself, you know? So knowing that do the work that matters to you and that is impactful but know that you're not validated through that, you know? So if you lose it, you aren't less, you know? And if you do great with it, that's wonderful. But, you know, it's not like it made you something you weren't already, which is wonderful. But that is a slippery slope. I think it it's is. important that you bring up that point because mm -hmm. so many of us tie our worth to our output. That's right. And how we show up and how it's externally validated. And I mean, I tell my kids all the time, my little one, well, what makes you know that you're important and that you matter in this world? And she's like, because I woke up. And I'm like, that's right. I was like, it's not because mom loves you. And it's not because you're a good girl. And it's not because you get good grades, because all those things can change. But I want to let you know, well, except for the mom loving you part, but everything can change and be different. But I want you to know that no matter what, just because you exist, and you are incredible because of that, you are worth something and no one can ever treat you differently. And that is so powerful. So powerful. Maybe there's another book. 
Maybe there's another book. We'll see. For you, because I think this is a message that is so important for kids today because they are getting so Mm -hmm. many mixed messages. Oh, so, I mean, I could go on all day, you know, about managing my children's exposure (laughs) to people telling them that they lack things because it's just not true. You know, it's it's marketing. You know, they're just trying to sell you a new solution. And the reality is, you know, again, like I say in my book, nothing is missing. You know, it's it's your world. And as much as we come from different generations, the solutions are still the same. Work hard, be kind, do your best and grant yourself some grace along the way. And limit up limit the wine. And limit the wine unless you're going through a divorce. Double up on the wine. No, you could you could definitely well, and you could double up on the wine, the W H I N E and the W I N E. You could that's like that's right, that's right. So limit the wine, wine W H I N E and double up on the wine, W I N E. I love Lisa, put it on a shirt. Bookend it, you know. I think that's what we're trying to say. That's right. I mean, we have given you everything you need in just that sentence alone. This was high value, y'all. High value and free. And free, you're welcome. (laughs) And free. Please go out, buy the book, gift the book. Nothing is missing. A memoir of living boldly. My guest today has been Nicole Walters. To connect with her, please do so at NicoleWalters.com, on Twitter at Nicole Walters, on Facebook. Monetize thyself. I hear angels singing in the background (laughs) with that one. (laughs) And on Instagram at Nicole Walters. Nicole, you and I are going to hang out again. Oh, we have to. We have to. Lisa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen on behalf of my guest, Nicole Walters, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to one another. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes from our mental muscle toning libraries at HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com, Toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about my global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced by me, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Andrea Mangeli, Robin Boyd, Andrea Daly, and the awesome team at Podfly Productions, including Eric Begay, Kimberly Beck, and Alec Gus, in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU Radio Malibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.